Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. left to go into everlasting darkness. Reverend Joe Olaya is the president and founder of Living Faith Foundation, a group of churches, a dynamic servant of God who has maintained a consistent walk with the Lord for over 30 years. God has used him tremendously to minister the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ with signs and wonders and testimonies to show for it. He's the architect behind the Sorting Out program, a program which facilitates for many people's freedom from bondage. He's happily married to Pastor Mrs. Florence Olaya, and they are blessed with children. Please welcome to Pursuit of God 2020, Reverend Joe Olaya.
let us let us pray father we thank you lord we thank you for this year's conference lord we magnify your holy name because your people are waiting on you to receive a refreshing a revival a renewal a rejuvenation and we trust you lord that by your spirit we shall come to know you better we shall work stronger in our faith and we shall be closer drawn to you lord we ask that today in a special way more than ever that you visit us that you reveal yourself to us that even those who are in darkness we see this light and come to this great light thank you heavenly father in jesus name we pray amen i'll be sharing with you today on intimacy with god when you talk about intimacy it suggests that there is a relationship it implies there's a relationship intimacy is a time that is used to describe relationship between two or more persons and it is the measure of the bond between those that are relating together the closeness or nearness degree of openness or familiarity between the relating persons that is used to declare the, the, the intimacy how closely knit the persons relating are how closely knit they are how much confidence they share how much privacy they share the greater the intimacy the more the secrets that will be known about one another the greater the privacy shared the greater the mutual benefits as intimacy increases those things increase and the greater the vulnerability i mean because it's a, it's a case of trust and trust is risk as trust grows so does op the openness but the day that trust starts to diminish the intimacy intimacy also starts to collapse fellowship or sharing of time resources and activity work and events are the things that help to build relationship without time together relationships cannot be built it is the sharing that have been done over time that determines the depth of intimacy during these several fellowships you get exposed one to another more and more and you get to know each other better getting more information getting greater understanding of each other and when there is a genuine love it becomes the bonding force the relationship blossoms as there is mutual laughter and mutual crying mutual work and leisure and other mutual concerns this is relationship and the degree of intimacy is determined by the frequency and intensity of fellowship you want to be intimate with god those two things must be addressed frequency 
and intensity of fellowship. However, there are various kinds of relationship, but our focus is relationship with God, forging a stronger intimacy with God, forging a closer relationship with God. So we can have social relationships, neighborhood and the society and the community, work, work, business relationship, professionals relating together, career, common career people, trade, bringing people into relationship. We have family relationships. From racial to national to tribal to family, you know. And then we have the faith-based relationship relating with deity, with God. Our concern is your relationship with God, your creator and king, and the creator of the universe. Before you start relating with somebody, you need to know the person. So the first question is, do you know God? Who is he to you? Do you believe that God is, or you believe otherwise, that there is no God? Today, there is a growing community of atheists all over the world. People who say, blatantly, openly, that they do not think there is God. They seem to have a conviction that the universe has no master, no creator, no owner, no controller, no director. Sounds a bit awkward. And there are those who say, well, from what I can see, I cannot confidently say there is no creator, no God. But also I cannot confidently say there is. We have a lot of questions. If there is a master, if there is a controller, why all the evils, why all the accidents, why all the coronaviruses, why will he sit down and watch people dying? He ask a lot of questions. Say, no, maybe there is nobody. Maybe it's all occurrence of chance. Well, for those of you who say that the universe and the happenings around are all occurrences of chance, so shall we say glory be to chance for the creation? Sounds foolish. It's as good as saying glory be to chance for the chair you are sitting on. It's as good as saying glory be to chance for the house in which you are living. It's as good as saying glory be to nothing for the food you eat. It's as good as saying thank you to nothing for the meal that you have eaten. For the dress you are wearing. For the job you are doing. For the sunrise, for the rainfall. For the fruits that are growing. How does it sound to you to give glory to nothing? That Mr. Nothing will be super intelligent. To have brought forth all that we see. You cannot relate with God, with the creator, until you know him. And I ask you the question. Do you know him? Who is he to you? If you know him. Have you ever tried to search out. To find out God. People spend a lot of money. Going to school. To seek knowledge. Study the sciences. Study the arts. Seeking to know. Have you set out to seek to know. And to say look I want to know. If there is a creator. Those who want to work with God. Must first know him. Before they can relate with him. How can a man come to know God. The creator of the universe. Simple. 
nothing complex. Romans chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. Romans chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. Say, for that which is known about God, or that which can be known about God, is evident to men and made plain in their inner consciousness. There is an inward man. There is a consciousness on the inside of you where you think, where you reason, where you take thoughts, where you make your plans. Where you tell yourself, this is what I will do. Where you answer the question, why is this like this? I must find out why. So there is an inner being. There is an inner consciousness. Because that which can be known about God is evident. And made plain in our inner consciousness. Because God himself has shown it to us. The creator has shown it. The creator has left his signature in every area of creation. He's saying that, look, I am here. His signature is so clear. His voice is so loud. Every creature you look at, you look at tells you. The creature is saying, I have a maker. I have a creator. I have a maker. I have a creator. Go to the sea and see the billions of creatures in the sea. See the vastness of the sea. And the speech, she speaks to you. I am great. I am mighty. But I have a maker. The fish, the whales, the sea creatures that speak to you. Even your household chicken speaks to you. When the chicken lays eggs. And the chicken sits on the eggs for 21 days and hatches them. And the chicken communicates, the hen communicates with the chicks. And every time he communicates with them, the chicks run around. When there is food, he calls them. And when there is danger, makes another sound. And the chicks understand the sound and they run under the feathers, under the wings of their mother hen. And the hawk is coming and they are covered. And they feel safe. Who told the chicks? Who taught the chicks the language of their mother? So the chickens and the mother hen speak loudly. I have a creator. Your refusal to believe that God is is a willful blindness. When you look at the universe, the expanse of the universe. Another translation of that scripture, Romans 1, 19-20 says, What can be known about God is clear to men because he has made it clear to them. How? From the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly observed in what he made. As a result, people have no excuse when the orange is ripe how does the orange know when to drop from the tree how does the orange know when to drop how did the chick the hen know when to hatch the eggs The animals that bring forth, how do they know when to 
Not having gone to our own kind of schooling, where you have formal education. The New Living Translation says, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. It is obvious that the universe has a creator. The basic reality of God is plain enough. You only need to open your eyes and tell yourself the truth. It is only a fool that says in his heart, there is no creator. Even the scientists, the atheists, will labor to say there is no creator. is laboring against the truth of his conscience. Every time your heart beats, it's a testimony. There's somebody operating the engine. Every time you wake up and take a step, every time you think, I'm hungry, every time you experience hunger, every time you feel sleepy, every time you go to sleep and you wake up, you're sleeping and you're waking up, you're moving around, are all testimonies that there is a designer that created you. In Psalm 19, verse 1 to 6, the psalmist went out in the night and observed the skies. And he said, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament show his handiwork. Every day utter speech, and night unto night reveal knowledge. There is no place on earth where it is not known. If you understand, and you want to understand, just looking at the setting of the universe tells you that God is. So, I challenge you. If you want to know God, you can know God. If you want to find God, you will find God. A certain man went to a preacher when he was well over 70. He claimed he was an agnostic and he didn't know whether there is God or not. See, he fooled himself for 70 years. Lived his life saying he didn't know whether there was God or not. But as he was approaching death, his heart began to pound and a thought came to him. If you die saying there is no God and you have to confront God after your death, because to accept that there is God means you will be accountable. The reason why majority of atheists want to say there is no God is so that they can escape their conscience telling them they will give account so they can have freedom and liberty to live careless, wrong life. God is. And if he gave you free will, he will demand you give an account of how you have used your will. You have made your choices to choose wrong or to choose right. For thinking there is no God, you will give account. But if you want to find God, he explained to you, just look at the universe. Look around you. And God can be seen in every direction. I dare to say, God is. I dare to say, God is. Don't despise that God is. I dare to tell you, God is. You must believe that God is involved 
with everything that he has created. God is. The heavens declare the glory of God. Science in recent times, after over 200 years of seeking to know, I've just come to an understanding. Look at the amazing universe. Look at this amazing machine called the universe. Look at the arrangement of our solar system. Look at the sun. Look at the various planets. Look at the location of the earth. Look at the location of Mars. The heavens declare the glory of God. Who arranged all these planets in their orbits? And who keeps them rolling around? And they are never colliding. I think the most guilty person who says there is no God is the scientist who God helped to give understanding to find out these things. The delicate arrangement of the planets, our solar system alone, the continuous expansion of the universe, the billions of galaxies that are discovered from day to day, come to the earth, the supply of oxygen, is a testimony that God is. If you see this setting, I ask you, scientist, so there is somebody you call nothing that arranged this structure. I can as well say nothing built your house. I can as well say nothing set up your factory. I can as well say nothing is responsible for the production of this laptop. Nothing manufactured your shoes. Nothing manufactured your car. Nothing. See how that sounds. Come out of your foolishness. Because God is. Let us look at the one that called man. From the sciences that they have studied, we have discovered that from the initial cell that is brought forth after fertilization, man moves from one cell to 100 trillion cells. In just 28 days after conception, the brain is recognizable. Six weeks, nerve connections are linking everywhere. At the rate of 250 connections per day, Per minute, sorry. So that there are over 360 million nerve connections in one day. And you say this is all organized by nothing. A super programmer, whom I call the creator, the almighty God, wrote a program on how human bodies will be developed from the womb. And has also written how that body will operate until the day it returns to the grave. In less than 60 days, a single cell is transformed into a fully functional human being in the womb of a woman who set the parameters. The child begins to feed after 60 days in that womb, growing in that womb, extending. Who organized the womb? Who structured the womb? The feeding system, the connection of mother to child, all those things. You just say nothing. So let us not overflow the issue. Man is a masterpiece of creation. Infinitely complex. Awesomely intricate. 
you know, is wonderful beyond words. No wonder the psalmist says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. A man is a miracle of the very first order. No matter how science studies and discovers, you will still come back to this one truth that there is a creator. I have showed you in the universe and I have showed you even the operation. Look at your heart. Look at your heart. From the day your heart started beating in your mother's womb, it does not stop beating until the day you die. The heart is one machine that the engine that you turn on. The day you turn it off, functionality ends. What services the heart? It keeps pumping. When you are sleeping, it is pumping. When you are awake, it is pumping. From the day it started beating in your mother's womb till today. So if you live 70 years, your heart has been beating for the last 70 years. If it's 30 years, 20 years, you can't even keep your car engine on for that long. And every cell, the miracle. So, I dare to challenge you. Throw away that garbage. God is. So the question is, if God is, how can I find God? Simple. I will take you to that. Let us look at the DNA. The genetic information that defines and determines every cell activity from fertilization to full-blown maturity. The DNA carries the record of all the all that man can become. Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Who wrote who you know who gave that intelligence information? Matter does not produce information. It will take a living personality. An intelligent being, a living intelligent being to pass information, to write information, to give information, to give instruction. Who wrote the codes? Who taught the cells to read it? You say there is no God. It's as giving me a book and say there is no author. Uh, this book beautifully written with all the information inside, there is no author. If your book, which you have written, has an author, and you have penned your name on it, how dare you say the information written in the cells, coded into the cells, has no writer? What a compound folly. I challenge you today. This is the wonder of cell replication. In that single miracle cell, and wonder microscopic cell, there are some six billion bytes of intelligent information coded in some mystery divine programming language readable by every other relevant cell that guides their activities now for you to say this great book it doesn't matter whether the information is in a disk or the information is on paper or the information is in a hard drive that the information is in the cells written within the nucleus. It doesn't matter where it is written. The information is information. Who gave the information? So I challenge you. Who coded your brain? Who organized your signal system? 
when you think um, I want to go to such a place at four o'clock, once it is quarter to four, something just trips in you and say, Ah, you are supposed to be going to somewhere at four. Who organized such reminders? So when you look at it, you will agree with me that it is great folly to say there is no God. For since the creation of the world, his invisible qualities are made manifest. Since the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God, they are made manifest for all to see. You have no excuse. You have no excuse to ever deny that God is. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, understood by the things that are made, so that men, so that even his eternal power and Godhead. So if there is a creator, how do I find him? So number one, using the principle of manufacturing, the principle of design, the principle of creativity and so on, when you look at that, the creator, the designer, is outside his design. The inventor, the creator, the designer, is bigger and superior to the that which is created. The man who brought forth this computer system is superior to it. The tailor, the dressmaker, is superior to the dress he's making. So, the one who created the universe and created you must be superior to you and I. You want to seek God? So, how will you find him? By believing that God is. You find him by believing that God is. Say, why should I believe? Why don't I see him? <laughs> he has chosen to be invisible, yet very visible in his creation. He has chosen to keep himself away from our physical, our, our physical senses. So, how do you find him? You find him by believing, by telling yourself the truth that, look, this world is too complex not to have a maker. So, my maker, where are you? I want to know you. I want to see you. I believe that you are somewhere. I believe you are seeing me. That is the right attitude. And you say, oh God, reveal yourself to me. For those who come to God must believe that he is. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. And that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. You are without excuse. You must also believe that the one who created us must be superior to time, superior to space, and superior to matter because he created all of them. So he's beyond time. He's beyond space and cannot be confined to our own space definition because he created the space and time. But the fool says in his heart, all these things do not matter. I don't think God is. And let me warn you solemnly. Your days are being numbered. Solomon said, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. God has a day that he has sent, said that he is going to give him account. Just like every CEO comes to receive reports from his general manager. As a day you will leave the world and you will go to give account to the maker of heaven and the earth how you have spent your time on earth. 
But for those of you who are prepared to know him, because I said you can't relate with him except you know him, step number one is believe that he is. Step number two, you start talking to him. You start talking, who is he? What does he look like? Where does he stay? How can I find him? Good question. You find him by believing. Just okay, God, I believe you are seeing me. I believe you are hearing me. Why will you believe that he is hearing you? He will give you power to think, can hear your thinking, and thinks better than you. He will give you eyes to see, can see better than you can see. He will give you understanding, can understand your thoughts, reasonings, and questions, and doubts. He will give you ability to convey your thoughts in words, can understand your language. Language is, I don't know when language was created, but language simply is converting words to sounds and syllables and attaching meaning to them. That when I say yes, I mean I agree. So everybody has say, okay, anytime we say yes, what does that mean? We agree. When I say no, I mean I disagree. When I say night, I mean darkness has come. The sun has set. So we began, every language began to evolve. Producing sounds and attaching meaning to them. So if you understand the language, you have understood the code. So every language that you can speak on earth emanates from your thoughts. God can read your thoughts, hear your thoughts, so he understands your language and can speak your language. And if he likes, he can appear to you and speak to you in your language. So he will give you ability to convey your thoughts in words. Can understand your language, speak your language to him. He can even speak to you. Communicate with him in your language and say, God, you understand what I'm thinking. I want to know you. But if you want to know God, you must seriously search out to know him. Nobody can know God except by a serious search. Nobody can know God except by a serious search. Set apart time of meditation when you're alone. Believe that he is. Believe that he's seeing you. Believe that he's hearing you. Believe that he's understanding you. And know it that he said he will respond to you. This 70-year-old man who had lived his life as an agnostic, now getting close to the grave, also having an affliction that indicated that he could die of heart attack at any point in time or heart failure, decided to go to a church and to harass a pastor and say, Pastor, I've just come to see you. You see the hypocrisy of man. He said, whether there is God, I don't know. Whether there is no God, I don't know. I don't want to say there is God. Neither do I want to say there is no God. If I say there is God and there is no God and I waste my time serving God and I die and discover there is no God, I will have regretted wasting my time. If I say there is no God and then I die and I go and face God, then I will be in trouble. He said, so pastor, if there is God, you must convince me. If you don't convince me and there is God, then... If I die without knowing God, my blood will be on your head. The pastor started fearing. What will I do? Papa, there is God. Why don't you say, no, 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 don't tell me there is God. What about this? Okay, who made God? Who is his father? Who is his mother? 
Your intelligence is not as superior as God's intelligence. And you cannot find him out. The Yorubas call him Awamaridi, the unsearchable one. It is what he reveals to you that you can know about him. There is no information this laptop can have about me except the information that I store into it. It is foolhardiness to say you want to know all of God. Your finite mind cannot comprehend the inexhaustible God. Incomparable God. So be content with what he will reveal to you by revelation. So you want to know God? He will respond to you. So this man kept on telling the pastor. The pastor didn't know what to do. He was confused and worried. Oh God, don't let this man drop dead. And then you know, I, I have a heart condition. And the doctor has told me I can drop dead anytime. So the pastor became more worried. Fortunately, there was a rascal young evangelist that was visiting the pastor's church for a revival. He said, okay, okay come and talk to the evangelist. So the man came to the evangelist and said it again. Eh, evangelist, you know, I don't want to say there is no God, eh, but I don't think there is God, but I'm not sure there is no God. I think there may be God, but I'm not sure. He said, but now if there is God, you better make me to know. If you don't make me to know, and I die without God, and I'm going to face judgment, then it's going to, the, the consequence will be on you. But if there is no God, why should I waste my time serving God, only to discover there is no God? The evangelist said, Sir, I'm not called to convince you that there is no God or there is God. I'm called to preach the gospel for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you don't believe there is God, okay, live your life, die, and you face God. But without faith, you cannot find God. For those who believe that God is are the ones who come to God. And to them, God will reveal that He is their rewarder. So God cannot appear to you until you believe. Say, so, Papa, if you want to die and go to hell, die and go to hell. I know there is God. You are not a product of accident. The man quoted. He said, without faith, without faith, without faith, you can't relate to God. You can't please God. For those who come to him must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently, diligently seek him. So the evangelist said, uh, Pastor, I don't waste my time with people who don't believe. And if they don't believe there is God, it's their choice. He walked away. The pastor was feeling unhappy. Depressed, he went away. The old man dropped his head and went away. But the voice kept on ringing. Those who come to God must first believe that he is. And he's a rewarder. With that phrase, he went back home. He went to look for a Bible. Look for a reference to find out where the man was quoting from. He eventually found Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 6. Then he said in his soberness, he said, God, I don't see you. I cannot view you, but I know you see me. I want to believe that you are. Please reveal yourself to me. After that short prayer, the inspiration of the Almighty began to give him understanding. He was in tears. He went back to the church later that day to see the evangelist. And he surrendered his life to Christ. I have news for you. It is only when you believe that God is and you invite him into your life 
that you can begin to know him. It is after you have accepted him to know him like this, then a relationship can start. And then we can talk about intimacy. When we come back next, in the second part of this conference, I will be telling you how to forge a strong relationship with the almighty invisible God. How to know him better. For those of you who have listened to me today and you really want to know God, you can say after me, let us bow our heads to pray. Oh Lord my God, thank you for this wonderful creation. Thank you for creating the universe. Thank you for creating mankind. Thank you for the gift of life. Oh God of creation, even though I do not see you, even though your voice does not come audible like my voice, but your testimonial is in every part of the creation. This wonderful creation certainly must be the work of a super intelligence. I surrender to this revelation and I accept today that God is. I accept this truth today with all my heart that there is a creator behind this manifest universe. There is a creator of time and space. There is a creator of mankind. I surrender to this revelation and I ask you, O oh God, Please reveal yourself to me from now. Let me know you. From today, I will begin to relate with you, my creator. To find out the purpose why you created me. And to fulfill the very purpose of your heart. Thank you. Thank you. For this day, I call you my God. My creator my maker and i give you praise and worship and i thank you for your wonderful works thank you all powerful all knowing all wise almighty all intelligent all present almighty god thank you and thank you i pray in jesus name amen and i'm going to pray for you that this knowledge will begin to grow. This revelation will increase. In the name of Jesus, let this light drive out every darkness from your life. And let there be growth and increase in this knowledge and this revelation. And you will serve God for the rest of your life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Watch out for the part two of this message. Because you will have an intimacy with God. God bless you.